Hello and welcome everyone to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Brad Nelson and today I'm joined by my brother from another mother, Corey BMTG. Yo, yo, yo. That You know, you can breathe when you say intros, right, Brad? I can breathe? You can breathe. You can say it in two, sometimes even three breaths and it, it still gets across. Okay, I, I will I will own that for, for the next time. But I'm excited because we finally have a new set of magic cards. It's already on Arena. We've had some time to play with it. And yep. uh, I it's basically has- magical Christmas land right now. It totally is. Now, before we get into this episode, we want to let everyone know that you can find this podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And also, we need to inform you that the Bash Bros podcast always comes with a very special guest. And this week, we thought it would be great, since Ikori has companions, that I'd bring along my companion, and that is none other than Brian Brundu. And how's it going, BBD? You know, it's going pretty well. That's really sweet of you to say, Brad, but you heathens will never get me out of my lair. Oh yeah, no, I, I, I'll never, you behemoth! I'll never. I, 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 yeah, you will not get me out of my lair. Good, good luck. But uh, I also got to—I got to say one thing. Uh, do you, when you guys were kids, did you refer to your brother as Corey BMTG too? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We knew like, we were going to be in this profession for a long time. Yeah. It's like I'm here with my brother Corey BMTG. It's like, and he, really? he also introduced me to friends and family. Like, uh, this is my brother, but from another mother. He didn't want to, you know, get too close. You know? Yeah, yeah. There, there has to be some degree of separation there. Right? I, exactly, I just, I'm just imagining yeah. you guys as kids. Like, hey, Corey BMTG, you want to go out and play? It's like. I would love to FF Freak MTG. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right, you nailed our childhood down to a T, pretty much. Yeah, that that is perfect. Now, before we get started into our episode going deep on Ikoria, I do want to to let y'all in on on a little secret. We've uh, we've got a new sponsor, (gasps) and we've got a commercial for them right now. No! Sounds heinous. Hey, Corey, how's it going? I'm great, bro. How about you? Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Brad, I said I'm doing great. I'm just about to actually play in an online magic tournament. Well, have you heard of MTG Melee before? Yes, Brad. That's pretty much all you talk about it. And that is also where my tournament is being held. Well, did you know that there are daily tournaments on MTG Melee ran by almost 300 organizers that currently use the website? Yes, Brad. That I just said that's what I'm doing. All you have to do is make an account at MTGMelee.com and find a tournament you're interested in. I know, I know, Brad. It's that easy. But what if I don't want to play in tournaments? Well, you can become a tournament organizer and run them yourself. On our homepage, there's a link to apply. Okay, but I'm not really MTG sure. MTG but... Melee, your number one source for organizing and playing online magic tournaments. Hashtag sponsored, bro. Hey, also, how much are we getting paid for this commercial? Oh, you're not getting paid for this. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I guess that is fair and accurate for what we're worth. MTG Melee, sign up today. <laughs> and that's right. That is right. We uh, we got a very not hashtag sponsored message from MTG Melee. Thank you very much, everyone. Oh, Hasht- yeah. Ha- hashtag ad, hashtag unpaid, hashtag, <laughs> hashtag Hasht- sponsored. Yeah. Hashtag over it. Yeah. Hashtag thank you guys for letting me uh, have a little uh, message from the, uh, the website that I'm working on. When can we turn it into another full house montage is my real question. I've been dying to do another one since we did our first. Do you yeah, know what, Corey? It's... I'll make you one. I will make you a commercial just for you. Well, I want to be in it. 
Well, it'll be your commercial. I'll help you make, because Twitch now, you can make like preview commercials. We'll work on that soon. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, we, we'll get you a great commercial. I was even thinking Brian and I were talking about it because Brian doesn't stream anymore, but I was thinking about making Brian's channel a commercial. <laughs> Just, like, like, think about like a, like a monster truck rally commercial, you know, like explosions and all this. And then it would cut back to Brian and be like, I will not be streaming any. And then it would be like, you know, bigger yeah. episodes and bigger deck lists. <laughs> incorrect i won't be streaming <laughs> tune in next week no that's it, not true it's I, like I tune in for going. the stream next yeah it's like i don't have any on my schedule like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't and then it's just you with the notepad be like checks notes none Yes. <laughs> but anyway, let's actually get into the episode because we've got a lot to talk about today. Yes. Um, Ikoria just released on Magic Online this week. We actually prolonged the episode recording to uh, get a first glance into the format. Corey and I both played the early access event on Wednesday. And uh, ever since then, we've been, you know, I've been dabbling online. I haven't had a ton of time to play, but I actually get to play a ton more after this episode, which I'm looking forward to. Um yeah, the set's been a blast, though. I, I really enjoyed the early access event. It was just nice to play against some different standard cards for a change. Yeah, and and the format, like, as a whole is, is interesting and refreshing. Um, there's a lot of cool deck building stuff because of the companions. Yeah. But let's actually uh, talk about what we learned from the uh, early access event, because what I was mostly interested in was looking at what I considered the best decks before and integrate it into them because like you know this is what 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 is this the sixth or seventh set for the format i think seventh? i think it's seventh yeah, yeah yeah so we only so, got one more and then we rotate right exactly but also once you get to that seventh and eighth set that's when you start to see the powerful decks getting toys but you know this set isn't going to redefine standard i mean it's going to in some ways but like you know it, it's going to be difficult for like 50% of the cards to see competitive play. Whereas yeah. it's probably going to be 10%, maybe 20 tops. Unless yeah. It's like as busted as Ikoria, which I don't think it is. Busted as Ikoria? Well, it I is Ikoria, Brad. I mean, I mean, uh, I mean um, Throne of Eldraine. Throne of Eldraine, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think some of the mechanics may be busted, and that's going to add to, you know, a new level. But I, I do think right now, and especially in the Arena Showdown thing, we saw a lot of these new innovative takes. But you know, once it gets like a month into the set, we're going to see Nissa just popping up with, you know, finely tuned uh, Akoria cards thrown into it. And it, it is going to become a little bit more of the same when it comes to seven sets, if yeah, I feel. I, but. I, I actually was trying to make a joke tweet yesterday being like, the early access event was a lot of fun, but it's going to be nice to go back to, you know, the the real cards of standard and just have like pictures of Nissa, Aether Gust, Mystical Dispute, you know, all the yeah. cards that are still going to be kind of busted. Oh uh, my God. Yeah. And just more busted. I mean, Aether Gust and Mystical Dispute were already the, like the best sideboard cards. And now it's just like, oh, if you were playing three, you sideboard. better be playing four. <laughs> yeah. Sideboard. Yeah. Gust will. Uh, I mean, I'll be curious if Gus can actually be in the main deck anymore if these flash decks take off, because that's a big liability, you know? I will say that Gust, you know, a lot of these companions are multicolored cards, so Gust Gust is going to hit a lot of things too. Yeah, even and I mean, even, even, even in decks and... where you shouldn't hit something, if 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 people are playing a hybrid card, you can still Gust something. So, yeah, yeah, you can Gust like all the ultimatums except all the ultimatums and all the mutate cards except what Snap decks and Ruinous Ultimatum. 
Wait, no, no never mind. It's red. Yeah. Yeah. You can just hit all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Every ultimatum can be hit by Aether Gust. Classic. Yeah. Classic. I mean, it's not classic because they just came out. But. Okay. <laughs> current. Current, man. Yeah. But so, so um, where he's seen it a hundred times. Yeah. <laughs> the first thing I don't want to talk about it too much because it's kind of boring. Yeah. Um, but I did I, I set up for my I did two streams, one in the morning where I played a lot of Just Sky Fires because that's what I was interested in. But in the evening I did this thing where You're right, that is boring. Um, you say? I said, yeah. you're right. That is boring. <laughs> but, but what I did in the evening was whenever I lost to something, I would try to build that deck and play it until I lost to something else. And the deck that I kind of got stuck on was when um, Wyatt Darby beat me with Teamer Adventures with Song of Creation. Mm. Now, we, you know, for this episode, we're going to we want to list off what the cards do so people can get used to them. Um, so Song of Creation is a one colorless green, blue, red enchantment <clears throat> that says whenever you, you may play an additional land um, on each of your turns, when you cast a spell, draw two cards, and at the beginning of your end step, discard your hand. Now, discard your hand is a pretty bad, bad thing, except for a format where escape and adventures exist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whereas you, yep. you and and even the uh, the fire card that's in team or decks, whatever that's called, I forgot that. Um Fire. Oh, fire of invention or not fires of invention. Uh the uh the three colors green red spell that you exile. Oh, the escape the wilds, yeah. Escape yeah. the wilds. Oh, it doesn't have yeah. even fires in it. Okay, escape yeah. the wilds. Um but so you always have different exile piles to work with or resources somewhere that you can regenerate on the song. And I will say that Song of Creation was just messed up in Team Adventures because once you untapped, you would do a bunch of stuff. And then you would draw into more copies of um, your Lucky Clovers and your Beanstalk Giants so that they just became free rolls and you're drawing a bunch of cards. Like, I would almost deck myself so often, but it's not even a deck that you need to Thassa's Oracle because you'll eventually just stomp your opponent out. Yeah, I was going to say, mean, I, would, I would actually get worried about decking myself if I was playing this card. And that's if you're worried about naturally decking yourself from drawing too many mm -hmm. cards... That's a good yeah. problem to have. Well, you, know? you can also just play a Jace in your sideboard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just play a Jace, you're a fan of Wishes deck. So that problem's kind of solved right there, you know? Yeah. But the one thing that I, you know, I played against it a decent amount as well. And I just never really found it to be a big deal just because I was playing, you know, Teferi. I was playing uh, Elspeth Conquers Death. These cards where if they pass to me and that thing is left in play, if I just deal with it, okay, they lost a lot of resources now. They have to spend their next turn casting it plus all it hits eight it gets aether gusted i i wasn't a big fan of the deck personally but oh i'm just saying that the raw power was kind of messed oh up. yeah um, yeah it was yeah. it was messed up when the engine gets going i'm yeah. really oh, yeah. actually quite disappointed that i didn't realize that you were doing that brad because i would have stream sniped you with <laughs> a heinous anus deck yeah. <laughs> beaten, yeah. beaten you with it and then you would have been forced to play that deck Maybe that would have been... taken it would have taken so long for you to update your arena account with all the patches you've missed that you would have probably taken you a full day. <laughs> and you would have missed hitting me. And But at the end of the night, that was kind of a slower time. So I think you would have been successful. Oh, I would have, got, I would have gotten it and I would have beat you. It would have, yeah. yeah. A lot of the East Coasters were asleep and so was Europe. So uh, I was seeing like, you know, 30 to 45 second wait times to, to get paired up. I even got paired up against the same person multiple times in a row because uh, there weren't that many people. So that's when I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go to bed and start playing in the morning. But then yeah. 
But then I got uh, this is this is not really you know podcast quality content. Uh, so I'm it's definitely what is and neither are we, yeah. Brad. Neither yeah. are we. So, <laughs> so then I woke up on Friday morning or Thursday morning and I was like, oh yeah, time to play magic. And I'm like, wait, I, I want to see. I, I didn't do it yesterday. I need to figure out how these decks exported to see if there's an issue on melee, and there was. So <laughs> then we spent the morning fixing that so people could run tournaments that day. Because yeah. the you know. Companions mess things up. Yeah. Well, if you export a companion deck list, they just have companion up on top. Yeah. And and so I was like, well, that's gonna throw us for a for a loop. And and but that, but but yeah, I, I've I've been playing a lot of Just Sky Fires, and that's what I played on there. And um that was good. But Corey, you also played a ton. And before mm-hmm. I, you know, waste all of our time talking about Just Sky Fires, we should we should talk about what you were interested in, what how your stream day went. Yeah, so my stream day was really fun. I uh, I had the luxury of being the most prepared person for this arena showdown event because, well, Ross had not wasn't playing in it, and I guess I was basically the only person who has played with the cards before the arena showdown, thanks to Versus Live. Um, so I had some ideas I already wanted to try, and some that you know we thought were good that maybe were bad as well. Um, and Jeskai Control, I just felt was going to be awesome. The mana was great. The inspired ultimatum was awesome. I got to play four of Shark Typhoon as the kill condition or as the win con instead of Dream Trawler. And then you just play the hits, you know, Elspeth Conger's Death to Fairy, all that stuff. Um, And the deck treated me really well. I did very little losing with that. But that is kind of the fun police, you know, so I I kind of figured I was going to do some winning with just playing to Fairy and powerful cards. Um, But as far as fun stuff, I got to play Is It Phoenix with Rael. Uh, Rael is just absolutely messed up if you get to untap with that card or just during the same turn on like turn five play Rael no, into no. like cathartic reunion. So what is Rael? Rael is one colorless red blue for an O3 that gets plus one plus O for each instant and sorcery in your graveyard. And then whenever you discard a card for the first time, you draw that many cards. So if you go Rael into channeled force and just discard your whole hand, Thankfully, that card is an instant, so you can like do it on your opponent's turn, kill something, discard five cards, draw five cards, and then Channeled Force draws you five cards as well. So you start your turn with 11 cards, and it's pretty hard to not bring back some Phoenixes after you do that on turn five. Yeah, and even yeah. even just like Cathartic Reunion got reprinted. There's a lot yeah. of ways to just discard a single card for a low amount of mana to get value. Like, um, like the that- Velocities, if you forgot about them, the jumpstart on that uh, triggers Rael as well. Um, you know, so so really cute interactions with that card, and I was really impressed with it. Yeah, the one card that so there's a lot of combo stuff for for is it Phoenix that mm-hmm. I saw, but one of the cards I was most interested in seeing if it would be good in there was Blitz of the Thunder Raptor, which is colorless red instant. Yeah, Blitz of the Thunder Raptor deals damage equal uh, to target creature planeswalker equal to the number of instant or sorcery cards in your graveyard. If that creature planeswalker would die this turn, excellent. And said, what I love about this card is that. You know, one of the things is that Phoenix always struggled with was cards like Narset or Teferi um, mm-hmm. messing up, you know, because now that Cathartic Reunion's out, you might even be able to play uh, Finale of Promise again. Yep, um, and I tried a couple of those, but the sorceries, you just don't have a ton of sorceries. You have to play like Lava Coils and shit like that. So that was the big problem with Finale, but otherwise, yeah, I'm with you. I, I tried to make it work. Yeah, chart, chart the course not being around is, is really... Or Tormenting Voice too, yeah. I feel like no. I feel like Rael is just a card that's in every set. Like I, not exactly this, but yeah. they they just love this like O three or like 
two three three mana blue creature that has some effect that interact like blue red creature that deals with like drawing cards or discarding the, cards yeah, the, like yeah the, py- the pyromancer yeah the, the, the twins yeah mm-hmm. there's like the one from before uh like uh, five years back or whatever that was about like uh when you play a second card you on your turn you draw a card and yeah, I don't know. That, it just it feels like this is just like their go-to for a blue and a red creature and honestly, um, one thing I will say about the card is I was doing some discussing things with the card during the <laughs> showdown event. But one thing we always see from these showdown events is very little interaction because these decks just want to do their things. So back in the real world where there's Teferi 3, Clarions, you know, actual removal spells, I do think this card's going to be worse. Um, so I'll be interested to try it in the actual it's, ladder. It's just... Just hearing you say that, Corey. Yeah. It just it brings me so much joy. My my little baby brother's growing up. I, <laughs> I, I, he's identifying metagames all by himself. <laughs> oh, I had a great teacher. I had Wait, a great teacher. Brian's been teaching me a lot. What? Yeah. <laughs> your your little brother, what what is his name? Was it Corey mm-hmm. BMTG? <laughs> I'm trying to remember hey, what his name first is. Name, first yeah. name is Corey. Last name is BMTG. BMTG okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, well, I, I I don't want to alarm you, Brian. I know you weren't playing in the early access, but there was a. I got, I got uh, into the late access though. So the Mythic Society <laughs> that uh, your good friend actually runs and runs these tournaments. Oh, I, I know where this is going, and I've already seen it. Oh, well, can we just? Rewind and pretend that I'm giving you some information. Yeah, please. All right, good. So <laughs> this will excite you, right? Okay, okay I'm this, this, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get get your attention ready. Sit down if you're not already, because you might need to sit down. I I, I only sit down. I never. Right, I so, even, I'm yeah, given yes, up standing. <laughs> yesterday, yesterday on MTG Melee, there was already tournaments running. And there's a ton more um, going on right now. But Wait, this mid- early? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, my 11, God. We had tournament results 11 day or 11 hours after the set released. Wow. That's exciting. But but the Mythic Society is the one I'm trying to bring up the, right now because they ran a tournament where first place deck had four Elite Guard Mage and second place deck. Both these decks 4-0'd, by the way. So it's not first and second. They're the 4-0's. It was 4-0'd tournament. Was Esper Hero? I shit you. Oh not. my goodness, wow. that's so crazy! And information that I didn't previously know too. I'm so <laughs> glad that I could 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 give you that information. Wow, wow. that is wild. You know what yes. they say about Esper Hero? It always comes second. <laughs> even, even, oh God! Fuck Whoa. you! <laughs> <laughs> even in just a regular pickup game of Magic, always comes second. Um, that's that what you meant, right? Brutal. Yeah, that, that was, was good. Brutal. <laughs> now I'll let you know something about that, Brad. Is I've had I had that joke prepared hours ago. <laughs> wow. I, I, wow. I was waiting. I knew at some point in this podcast I would get set up for it and I was ready to just Hold slam up. it on. Are, are, are you, let me just pause this podcast for a second. Are you guys both saying you're leveling each other on the podcast to dagger each other and or have good job, good jokes to well, return? Yes. I, I'm not doing That's that impressive. because I'm, I'm, I'm busy. No, oh. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing that because I'm busy, but Brian, Brian's setting oh. these up for days. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm impressed, bu- Brian. I, I, I'm busy too. Um, Brian, Brian, yeah. your constant commitment to this podcast is admirable. I have to say, thank you. I'm not even on it. I'm just, a, I'm just, I'm just this week's special guest. Well, it's admirable. I, I don't think it's admirable. I think it's very generalized. 
Okay, yeah. I, I was thinking it might be commanderable, but yeah, yeah. general wow. general works. <laughs> All right, Go so on. so you yeah, can tell so, we haven't hung out in a while, I guess, huh? Yeah, we haven't talked for, for over a week. Now now moving on, the next the next topic that I really want to talk about is talking about companions. And um Mostly because before anyone even got to play with them, a lot of people just did not like them from the Spikes Academy. Not Spikes Academy, sorry. The spiky players on Twitter. I forgot Spikes Academy is an actual thing. Um, yeah. I feel like the main reason why people didn't like Companion is because Hearthstone tried it and it kind of broke their game in a sense where they had to nerf their companions and stuff like that. That was the research that I was getting from it. Well, it's also um, that yeah. Magic is already... One of, the, one of Magic's most popular formats is Commander, and this is kind of like standard Commander. This is... This companion also might be a, like, will commander players be interested in the standard? And a lot of the spiky players that that flock to social media to complain about this are looking at this as a potential trend. At least what I assumed was that this was a potential trend, that if this is successful, that standard and magic moving forward will look more like brawl and commander than it did its own entity. Yeah, because I mean, a commander is one of the most popular and lucrative things for wizards, so it would make sense for them to integrate commander players over and standard normal competitive players over to commander. I think the latter is a lot harder to do, um, but I mean, it makes sense from a company standpoint uh, to try to bring more people into both of their respected formats. But, you know, I, that's about all I could say on the companion thing. I, I think yeah. it makes sense from a player standpoint, too. Um, so th there's a huge like flaw or not flaw but there's a huge danger to companions in that um they run the risk of repetitive gameplay which is the biggest i i think that's the biggest killer to formats health is is repetitive gameplay where um uh, people stop having fun because every game looks the same or whatever and when you have access to something like a like a companion that you can always play at the same point in every game uh that that can be a big flaw um but I also think that there's a huge thing of magic is not just necessarily for uh, competitive players only. And I think these cards create so much deck building potential and so much opportunity for people to brew and to have fun building decks around a theme uh, that yeah. I think in general, it's it's going to be a success for that regard. Maybe not for yeah. like the hardcore competitive crowd, but for magic as a whole, I kind of expect it to be pretty successful. And I mean, if it's too, uh, you know, broken or whatever for standard or for modern or for legacy or whatever like that, they have the very safeguard of just banning them. I mean, I know that's a horrible way to look at it, but at least, you know, there is just if they are too busted, we can still, you know, nerf yeah, them in I, those I, formats. I consider banning a bug, not a feature of magic. Yeah. yeah. And and I do not want I I want them to experiment with magic to make it fun and interesting for me to play with it. But I don't want. So here's my biggest problem um, with all of this is that while I think that this is very good for right now, my biggest issue with Magic is the cards are kind of build your own sandbox mode stuff where there's less interaction. Well, there's there's key interaction points and not just generalized interaction where you're trying to interact with specific moments in a game that you know are going to come up, which is the replayability issue. Mm -hmm. I would, well, I would say if you want generalized interaction, there's a deck for you. But anyway, sorry to... Yeah. Well, yeah, I agree, <laughs> as for Hero. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> like, Magic, as as where a lot of these games are going, is 
you're just trying to do your cool thing, and that cool thing is being built into the cards more and more and more. Yeah, so, which is scary because, you yeah. know, yeah, it is just the same kind of thing happening every time. Um, well, yeah, I think I think decks that are built around exactly one card are going to lend to that game style. And I don't I, I think in general, those decks are pretty unfun um, for a format going long. So, like, I, I don't know if it's, I, you know, it's a problem with cards like fires where your entire deck's built around fires or, um, you know, wilderness reclamation or ember cleave or whatever. Your entire deck's built around these specific cards that I think uh Mm-hmm. That, that's where that problem lies. Uh, I, I agree with that, and but that's what I'm saying is that that the de- the but the idea at least this is what I assume is happening is they're trying to make these kind of effects powerful because when they bring in new players, you want a new player to build a deck and then see that thing happen. I think one of the ways that Magic was not retaining uh, new players was back in the day when control decks or what have you were just so good and so annoying, like mystical teachings, control strategies, or what ha- what have you. Oh, Drana. Or, or fairies or whatever would just constantly stop you from doing your thing often. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the new designs that I've been seeing is cards kind of aren't, you don't just have to put two, like before, like a card like Song Creation would be a two card combo. That's all just in one house now. And yep, yeah. And same with like Nissa, right? Nissa does multiple different things. It attacks, it creates mana, you know, like it does it does a, a variety of things. And I feel like a lot of cards have just gotten their text box du- duplicated. Um, yeah, we're lately. seeing a, we are seeing a, I think we're seeing a complexity, a huge increase in complexity of magic cards in just in a general role. Um, where now like every card, like look at all the cards from the set, their, their text box are completely full, you know, like, yeah, yeah, they are. They That's, are. They they do so many things, and they have so many abilities. And if and if they do a basic thing, that means that they have like cycling on them. You know, yeah. And it everything gets that little extra extra boost now. And I I think you know we kind of find that offensive as competitive players sometimes. But I think for for other players it adds a lot of fun to the game so i i well that yeah that's my main argument i think that this is really good for getting new players to come into magic and be great and and i'm biased at this but that's that is my ultimate goal with magic like i think that the the truth of um a life or magic player is to you know live your competitive days and then pivot and you can continue to be competitive but you also do something else and if that's your main goal, then more players is always the best possible outcome for, mm-hmm. for whatever you're trying to do. Now, if you only want to stay at the top of competitive magic forever, then you're and, ne- and never pivot around to, to either content or websites or, or just working at wizards, what, what have you, whatever your end goal is, if it's just playing competitive magic and you're close to it, then yes, you want the cards to be, like not like they are now and, and yeah. you want you want you want the game to just be as close to chess as possible yeah you want your skill to rise to the top but then but then that that will lead to really small prize pools too like that's not going to even help you at the end so anyway we're getting really far off and it's my mm-hmm. fault i apologize you should um, yeah it's 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 part of my companion's deck building restraints mm-hmm. is is to just veer off so mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Your podcast restraints, huh? Yeah, but but coming back um 
I do want to talk about one of them. So like companions, the thing I was trying to say is they should have a big deck building constraint to make them fun and interesting. And they, while they do, I think the Garuda deck, Doom uh, of Deaths, looks really interesting. Now, uh, Garuda is a four colorless, blue-black, blue-black hybrid, 6-6 six, six legendary creature. Its companion um, deck restraint is that all your cards have to have an even converted mana cost, which includes zeros. Um, and then when Garuda enters the battlefield, each player mills the top four cards of their library. And then of those eight cards, well, if it's multiplayer, it's more, but of those cards milled, put a creature with an even converted mana cost into play. Now, this was a Yeoman um, brew, and the deck was built to abuse it. It had Acceleration with Paradise Druid, Grow Spiral, and then it had hits like Thassa, Spark Double, and Charming Prince. Um, to continue the loops. When mm -hmm. when you <clears throat> played Garuda, you could like blink more things or make more Garudas because Spark Double doesn't care about Legendary. Um, but then you also hit big heavy hitters like Dream Trawler and Enray's Forerunners. I um, really like uh, the subtlety of having like Amari the Collector, which is another companion. Um, the black-green one that makes spells you cast uh, of the chosen type one, one less. So really like being able to bridge the gap from two to four and then four to six in many different meaningful ways, I think is really cool design of a deck here. Yeah. So you're trying to get Garuda into play by turn four. Yeah. And, and um, also the one thing that I made changes, I, I made changes when I was playing this deck. I like cut a little bit of the combo, just a few, just so I could play main deck Aether Gusts. Um, and I think that's good, but um, his newest updated list, not the one from the, the the Mythic Society tournament, also has a great idea against flash decks, which is just playing four Destiny Spinner in the sideboard. Um, Destiny Spinner is a is a limited card that you probably don't remember, but it is a colorless green two three that interacts with enchantments, like you make your lands and do based on your enchantments. But the main reasons in the sideboard is because your creature and enchantment spells can't be countered. Yep. Mm. So if that's it, interesting. Yeah, it's like a green tithe taker, but it's way better. So like if a Simic deck can't get rid of it, you're casting your Garuda. I, and, yeah. Are are people playing Destiny Spinner and Legacy now? Isn't that yes. a thing? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The shocking that um stopping your opponents from countering spells is a is is uh too good of a thing. I mean, I, I do believe that there is a card that still is currently in standard that is banned that did that, but um, well, then it's not currently in standard. Now is yeah. it, Bradley? <laughs> <laughs> so, Brad, I gotta I gotta rewind to one thing you said, and I mean, this is just kind of part of the problem already. You said you're already main decking Aether Gust. Come on, couldn't we I have the meta game for like two or three weeks before we main oh, deck the sideboard hate no. cards? That was in my main decks this last format. I was playing uh, main deck in every deck I played. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. In the last format, where the format has evolved and you know the deck trend, so you main deck Aether Gust, but we're already starting with Aether Gust. Uh, it's going to be a rough standard, y'all. I got to I gotta say I was disappointed <laughs> when I looked at this deck list and I saw, you know, how deck lists break apart into different sections, you know, for the, the card types. Yeah. And yep. I saw 30 cards and I got really excited and then it was Creature. And I was... At oh, first, I thought, lands, yeah, huh? I thought I was thinking land, and I got a little. Um, well, well, if you want to land, we can transition to the other companion, Karuga. The what is it? Macro Sage, Macro Sage. Yeah. Um, all right, three colorless, blue green, blue green hybrid, five four companion is your starting deck has to play converted mana cost three or greater, um, and land cards that doesn't cut lands, but um, non land cards have to cost three or greater. 
And then when Kruga enters the battlefield, draw a card for each other permanent you control with for the mana cost three or greater. This card has been slotted into Jeskai Fires, which Matthew folks, um, I just saw a list that was like interesting. I don't really like everything about it, but not even just his build. Other people have been playing this deck and they're playing 30 lands, Brian. Oh, hell yeah. Oh. I'm cutting to 29. My list plays 29. Um, but they are playing 30 lands mainly because you always have a five drop. So you always want to hit five mana anyway, but sometimes you don't have anything to do with your mana. But Kruga means you always have something to do with your mana. Yeah. And Brian, can I interest you in something even more exciting? I have a deck that has 34 lands. Oh my goodness. This yeah. Is just... Are you interested? Not unless you have to, not unless you have the 35th land. Come on, man. I'm sorry. Actually, I just double checked now. It is 35 lands, but unfortunately, <laughs> it has a companion, uh, Yorin, Sky Nomad, where you got to play 80 card uh, decks. So, you're, yeah. cheating, you're cheating. Yeah. Hey, I'm, hey. Corey, I'm unfamiliar with this card. Could you describe it? Yes, yes. So, this is another one of the companions that I think is really, really going to be powerful and make a lot of impact. Did you read it? <laughs> yes, I was I was segueing into that. Okay. Be patient, young Bradley. So, uh, Yorin is three uh, white-blue hybrid, white-blue hybrid, so five total mana. It is a companion, and the deck uh, constraint here is your starting deck contains at least 20 more cards than the minimum deck size. So, in standard, you need to have minimum 80, limited, minimum 60. It is a four or five flyer. Uh, when Yorin enters the battlefield, exile any number of other non-land permanents you own and control. Return those to the battlefield at the beginning of the next end step. So this thing does a lot of insane things. If you have like uh, omens in play, if you have Elspeth Conquers death, it will be blinking out a ton of permanents coming back in uh, and then getting the triggers on them. The only negative effect is when you blink Planeswalkers, you don't get to use them again that turn. And I think they really thought about that one by returning it at the beginning of the end step. Otherwise, it would just be far too busted. But you're getting all your Planeswalkers able to downtick in some regard and then get blinked out and be back to the starting loyalty, which is quite big. Especially with cards like Narset and Teferi. Yeah, or Tamiya or Nar or bigger Narset. Uh, you know, I mean, just the yeah. sky's the limit. So, yeah, this was the companion that I think people mm -hmm. are probably making a mistake if they don't build their Esper Hero decks with this card. Um, mm. I, Interesting. I, 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 yeah, because that's less chance to draw a hero. I would think you would uh, want to maximize that. I don't think that that's the focal point of the deck. Like, hero, when Esper Hero's been good, it's never been because of hero. Um, Hero's just a very good card in the deck. It's not like if if your deck requires you're you right. To, it's because it's because Brian as a pilot. That's why Esper Hero was good. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I wish that were true. Um, but yeah, it's it's like that deck becomes good when uh you're like Hero is a complement to the deck. If if you have to have a hero and it has to live for your deck to be good, then it's not going to be a good well, deck. Well, Brian, so. I do want to inform you. I need a hero. We need oh, really? a hero. Yes. <laughs> uh, have, you checked, hero have you checked the here? first precinct, precinct? There's actually one other uh, companion that I thought might be really good for Esper Hero, uh, which is... Let me find it. Oh, yeah. It's uh, Kahira the Orphan Guard. Um, one hmm. green-white hybrid, green-white hybrid companion. Each creature card in your starting deck is a cat, elemental, nightmare, dinosaur, beast, or from the first precinct. Um, I was wondering where you was, was. Was that the alternate art on uh, Kahira? I I don't see that one on my notes. Yeah, that that must have. I uh, 
Uh, yeah, it's that's what I see from uh, the spoiler that I'm looking at. Might be the wrong. Yeah. Okay. BBD, honestly, you should just stick with only a Bosch deck because you're so damn odd, dude. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but honestly, speaking of Yorin, though, um, in some context of uh, a deck that it would be good in, I played a little bit of a deck that Zan Saeed was streaming last night, and I made a couple changes. Nothing really revolutionary, but it's just playing a ton. It's a fires deck. So that is a little unfortunate because you do have, you know, a bigger deck. So it is a smaller chance of drawing fires of invention, which is usually quite important. But otherwise, you're just playing a lot of good planeswalkers, grazers to ramp you up. Omen of the Forge, Omen of the Sea. You can even play the green omen um, and then just blink out all those opponent uh, uh, permanents because you have your in every single game. Um, now, I do very much fear for the matchup against Mono Red and Flash with this type of decks because it is just kind of clunky, but you know, it, it, is, it is a nice idea at least. I'm going to throw another idea out into the aether. I know the, I don't know if the point of this uh, podcast episode is just spitball random ideas, but has anyone built a Yorion, uh, eerie ultimatum doom foretold deck? No. <laughs> no, nobody. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, and no one ever shall. So, all right. <laughs> I mean, that is interesting, but BBD, I think me and you share the same curse of week one into a new set. We're like, okay, what kind of medium ass Abzan pile oh, can I yeah. throw together? <laughs> I tried as well, and damn it, it's not good. I would say it's a blessing and a curse, but really it's just never been a blessing. So. No, it's yeah. always been I mean, a curse. No, it was a blessing to me, BBD, because you played that Abzan pile against me in the E-League week one of last set, and I got to just destroy you with a good deck. That's true. I got beat so yeah. bad that I never played yeah. Magic again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's kind of true mm-hmm. it really is yeah i, I simic- mean that, well that that is wow yeah. you, wow. End, you ended this whole man's career Corey. so wow well hey blame brad i was like brad what should i play and you're like this simic flash deck is really good it'll smash bbd's Dude, horrible I'm, piles yeah i'm so yeah that that was like when i kind of like was on the ground floor of the deck that eventually got banned right yeah, Simic Rab, you kind yep. of pioneered that shit, right? Yeah, I, I missed out on Once Upon a Time, but yeah. I'm actually, wow. I'm sorry, Corey. I know we had a conversation where you told us that you like to be called Corey BMTG, and I yeah, I didn't, so I'm, I'm, trying, to get, <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to get better at it. I'm sorry. Get it better. Yeah. Get it better, please. All right, so, so yeah. So, I mean, circling back to just some of the things that I wanted to touch on today, I'm just going back to this uh, this Yo Man deck. The, um yeah the Garuda deck. This is the prime example for me. That's like, maybe that's the problem I have with companions is maybe this deck's not too good, right? Because red decks and counter decks might be able to interact with it. Well, Mm -hmm. but these are the mistakes and the missteps that I feel like if this is too good, then that's like, how companions break in magic. Yeah. And I feel like I, I personally wouldn't have wanted them to make any companions that competitive. And maybe start with like five and not eight, you know, like it, mm-hmm. it, it scares me because if one of them is too good and it does the same thing over and over again, like, yeah, it's fun this week, but what about in a month? Yeah. And, and then, you know, like I said, flash decks and red decks, I, I had a very big, tough time. I actually played this deck and I got rolled three times in a row against red because everyone was playing red right now in, mm-hmm. in diamond where I'm at trying to get to mythic. 
and uh, they're just yeah. This ain't the streamer up. showdown anymore, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, um, and also some people are waiting to know what to to spend actually spend their wild cards on and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So that's why I'm actually I'm not working on that right now. I'm actually trying to find the best version of Just Guy Fires because I'm playing in the Lotus Box um tournament that's the sunday they're running an entire four weeks in a row tournament series i don't know if i'm going to play all of them because i don't play the other formats um or haven't yeah. been so I, I and they're kind of competitive the lotus boxers have been running a lot of tournaments that are getting some decent like competition like there's like you know multiple mplers played their last one two weeks ago yeah, and I mean, honestly, every single SCG grinder is desperate for these types of tournaments. And I mean, what better uh, place to channel their, you know, competitive spirits in, you know, a, a SCG teams tournament, you know, so you're getting all those SCG ringers as well as splashing in these big pros. Oh, no, they've looked but, really good. Yeah. And so I'm playing that this Sunday and I'm going to play Just Guy Fires. And that's what's that's what uh, comes to, like, the interesting deck building constraints, because mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to test two different sideboards. Do I test... The cyborg that just plays like a bunch of mystical disputes, Elspeth conquers death, Legion war bosses, so I can keep my Karuga um, as a companion after cyborg, or do I go to Aether Gust, uh, Devout Decrees, Robber of the Riches, um, and then have like mystical dispute as a complement to that cyborg plan um, when I don't want Karuga, or is there a mix of matchups? So like the deck building constraint of cyborging is like ludicrously fascinating to me like i have never like i have never been more interested in trying to figure something out in magic than i am right now like it's been years since since i have because how to design a deck and build it to function in certain ways like you can't just throw together a deck with a companion cyborg right it you you have to figure out how you want it to work and what matchups i think kruger is going to be important to have access to and stuff like that so i've been i'm loving this opportunity to like test around and play with that but yeah i'm just gonna play fires because kruga and that deck has felt very good and also fires is just the deck that gets to play all the real magic cards still you know like there's a lot of bruise and i'm still going you know fire smash you in the face or i'm playing teferi and clarion like when i was playing the gruga deck and a red deck just went one two three i'm like i'm dead like i can't i can't actually win the game yeah i'd be interested to see how your matchup is against the flash decks like sure Fires has always been very dominant against these like mono red and even like uh, Mardu sacrifice and stuff. So you got the aggressive matchups on lock, but I just cannot picture a Demir flash deck, not just, sw- you know, wiping the floor with you game one, at least. But. Well, it depends also. Um, it, it, it depends on how I sideboard, right? Yeah. Get, get, yeah. The, the matchup's not good, but it's if you care about it. Like we played Simic flash at the last mythic championship and we all did really well javier seth and i but one of the big concerns we had was is fires going to play tithe taker or not mm-hmm. and if they don't play tithe taker because there's no flash in the format then we're good and so yeah. tithe taker is that that card right so if i think a lot of people are going to show up with flash this weekend i'm going to have tithe taker to complement the rest of my sideboard and i'll put a lot of focus and emphasis on emphasis on that and that's another matchup where krug is not even going to be good because they're going to have all their mystical disputes in against you Yep, um, exactly. What so, uh is Tithe Taker a converted mana cost of two? Is that even? Well, yeah. It's not that I would take the Kruga out of the deck. Or or I would <laughs> I would keep it in the sideboard and not have it as my companion. No, I, I meant for like the other decks too. Like there there's a lot of um like for the Garuda deck, they could also be playing Tithe Taker. I know they're playing Destiny Spinner, but really they could <laughs> overload on it if they wanted to. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and that's just it. Like flash decks are going to have a tough time on that. One card I've been playing with though that I want to point out that's very interesting in the main decks. Like, and maybe it's not as good. Um, so like a lot of like Matthew folks just posted a deck list that's very similar to mine, except I'm playing one less land, and I'm still playing blue cavalier. And and I, like I'm playing more sixes or five drops. I mean because yeah. they're just still very good. And yeah, and I mean, we're not seeing Narset take over like it kind of was when Cavalier Gale got pushed aside. So I think Gale should be back until proven otherwise. Um, yeah, I, I, I just have a little bit more fi fives because when I play these like two meta removal spells against Red, I, I don't have access to Kruga and I still want to play five drops. Like your mm. whole plan against them, Fires is good, but your whole plan is control the board, play something big. Um, but one card that I've been playing with that I've thought was really good and other people have... Narset in that spot, and maybe Narset is just the better card, but I have one Mythos of uh, Vadrock in there, which is the red sorcery that um, what it does is two colors, RR sorcery, it deals five damage divided uh, as you choose among any number of target creatures and or planeswalkers if blue white was spent to uh, cast a spell until your next turn, those permanents can attack or block and their activated abilities can't be activated Wow. Um, and it's just another, like, you know, uh, sweeper-esque card, but it also just falters them the turn that you can do lethal, but they have too many blockers. And it's just going to help out. Like, it can take out a Planeswalker, right? Like, if I have, yeah. a, cre if I have a creature in play, um, like, I've had this happen already. Somebody goes, Nissa animate a land, go when I have my Sphinx in play. And Mythos just cleans up the board. It kills the land. It kills, deals two damage to the Nissa, and the Mythos attacks the Nissa. And, wow, that's spicy. Yeah, and it can hit like planeswalkers. Um, it can like, <clears throat> stop creatures from attacking you, even if you can't kill them. It can stop like a cavalier from blocking on a key turn, um, like a like a uh, green cavalier, cavalier of thorns. Yep. Yeah, and and it can just like yeah, I, I've been impressed with it as a yeah. one of, and I thought about putting a second in the sideboard. Um, just because like red's always going to need to be swept and this is just an additional sweeper. Yeah. I got a, I got a couple things to say about that. Um, as far as like Narset, the format of Narset and Jeskai fires, I really don't think that is the deck for it. No. Um, I, I think the, what makes that card really good is like being paired with Teferi is great because Teferi into Narset is an excellent combo, but you really want something to ramp up to the mana. So like, I think you want the format of Narset with the Jeskai ultimatums. So I just don't think it's the right deck for that Narset in general or in uh, anyways. But Mythos seems like a really cool addition. And as far as uh, the rules aspect to it, with fires in play, you still have to pay mana for it if you want that ability, right? Yes, but a lot of times if you're just getting the effect out of the the, the spray five damage, then you don't. Then that's free. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I was just making sure that's how it worked. Yeah, that card seems like. Um, you know, way, way better than uh, Narset in this deck for sure to me. Can I also Narset just sit and draw cards though? True, true. I, I mean, I, it can draw a card, right? Like it draws yeah. a card and then sure you can draw a second one, but the three mana Narset would be almost better. I mean, you have a lot of creatures, so I guess that's not yeah, true. No. But, what yeah, no. What were you going to say, Brian? Uh, I just wanted to say this is like s somewhat on topic, but like huge shout out to Seb McKinnon who drew the art because the art on these cards is awesome. Oh, they're great. Yeah. On the mythos. Yeah. Like, that I I I love in particular the red one which I think is the best of the of the bunch. 
But yeah. that's some of the coolest art I've ever seen on a, on a Magic card. It like, really is. It's bringing like an old school vibe to, uh, you know, a, a more modern set. I, I think it's really cool, too. Yeah. And as far as just like the cards being good though like the red one i'm seeing applications uh you know just now hearing you talk but the black one i think is really good in the right shell but i haven't found a great use for the other one so far yeah mythos uh the black one is mythos of nethroi it's two colors black instant destroy target non-land permanent if it's a creature or if green white was spent to cast the spell so for if you if you cast it for obs on charm mana then it can destroy any non-land permanent um but yeah like one thing Brian, as you said, I think something that they integrated into Magic lately that's really interesting and on this topic is if you've seen, if you've noticed, you know, we used to have blocks, right? They got to tell a plain story over the course of three sets. Mm -hmm. But now that there's only one, uh, we've been starting to see ways to integrate depth into the story of that place. And the mythoses are this, this realm's place. But like, um, what are they called? The chapters, the sagas, the sagas were a way to give stories to single set um, blocks as well. Yeah, the, these mythoses are, are kind of like uh, it feels like what they were trying to do with Amonkhet, too. And I don't know. I, I just think it's really cool. Like, I. Oh, yeah, I love them. Yeah, regardless yeah. of the playability of these cards, I just I want the, I want to collect them. So my question for you guys, and this is a little off topic here, but uh, I wanted your guys' opinion. What do you guys honestly think of the ultimatums? You guys think they're going to be too good? Do you think they're going to be a bust? Well, the last time they cycled through, only one of them really was any good. And mm-hmm. I don't think ultimatums are the type of magic cards that should be too good. I think, yeah, uh, I agree. I think br- there's a brilliant ultimatum deck. Um, I- I'm assuming you're talking about Cruel Ultimatum as the one that was good. Yes. Yeah, there was there was violent and 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 brilliant both saw some amount of play, but not no. like a ton. Yeah, I mean they weren't like I I think that that's like the where they should be too. Like yes. yeah, my my guess is that Genesis Ultimatum will be the best card in standard. Um, really? Yeah. Well, I I was playing some of these like there's like oh did you play the Teamer Elemental deck? Uh, no, I actually, well, that would be cool, but I, I played the four color fires deck with this. Yeah. I played more ramp and just hitting Cavaliers off of this or like Kenrith's off of this, especially with the fires in play was just yeah. disgusting. Oh yeah. And that, that absolutely is a good reason to, uh, want to play Genesis Ultimatum. Uh, What I was spending most of my day doing, and you can actually check out my dropping bombs tomorrow on SCG. Hashtag plug. But I was just Genesis Ultimating him in like um, um, the Omnath, Risen Reefs, and then like two lands and stuff. So like all your lands are triggered. Like you get so many triggers, it's outrageous with this card. Um, and it was it was doing some disgusting Hashtag things. Hashtag arena me. for mobile. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, I would have guessed that you thought the best one would be inspired ultimatum. I think that card is messed up. Oh, I mean, yeah, you do a lot of cool stuff, but it's a, it's also a lot of stuff that like just guy decks don't really need when they're ahead or behind. Like when you're ahead, you probably don't need those resources. And when you're behind, yeah, you gain some life, you deal something, you draw five cards for the next turn, but the, the damage might already have been done. Like the, when yeah. I look at Inspired Ultimatum, I don't see a card that when it resolves, it might completely swing the game. It I, will, you've never I, cast it then. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have cast it. And, okay. and it did do good stuff, but 
Like, what are the problems for a Jeskai style deck? It's getting too far behind on board. That card's not catching you up there. What yeah, the but you have Wraths. You think, have Wraths, I think, it you know? ca- I think it does catch you up. Yeah, I, I think you're wrong on you, this one, you, personally. You, you kill one thing and you gain five life. It, it's like it's like the Sphinx's Revelation thing where you, you cast the one Revelation to barely survive a combat and then you just mm-hmm. take over the game from there. I mean, I'm not and saying on- that... I haven't played with the card, but I'm just saying that that's what it looks like to me. And honestly, the whole Jeskai control deck is all about keeping you keeping the board under control, whether it's Clarions, uh, Shatter the Skies, stuff like that. And then when you play an ultimatum, when you're just like at parity or a little behind, then you're just way, way, way ahead. Well, I you know? understand the theory and 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 the strategy of a control deck. Yeah, um, I, I get that. I get I get that. I'm just saying that like it's also a seven mana spell in a control deck and. I like I understand that Cruel Tomatum was there and there might be a home for it, but like cards like that never excite me because we see one every set and they're not that good because control kind of sucks. So what what makes Genesis Ultimatum different though? It's also just a big seven minute. Like I, I'm not well. Ge- it, 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 Genesis it, Ultimatum you can play in a proactive you, deck. You, so yeah, I think that's it, why Brad likes it. It's literally about permanence. Like you're yeah. you're putting it in a deck that generates permanence, and all of the goddamn permanence in magic these days generate value themselves yeah so your opponents are wasting time interacting with you while you're generating value getting extra lands into play stuff like that you have cards like you know all the elementals generate mana advantage you know risen reef cavalier of thorns um stuff like that and so it and and that's why i think that this card like even like the fire stacks that play the new explosive vegetation i'll never remember a single new one of these card names. Oh yeah, definitely it's just, not. It's three colorless green. Search your library for two bases. Put them to play tap, and it has cycling for two. It's way better than explosive vegetation, right? That's yeah. the whole like you versus the guy. She says not to be jealous of or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, my, uh, migra- migration path is the name of the card. Okay, migration path. Yeah, and <laughs> and so that was kind of cool. But that's the reason I like this because like you're putting it into a a proactive base strategy. Same with emergence ultimatum and eerie ultimatum. That's where these are going to get the most benefit. Like Inspired Ultimatum, you know, I wouldn't want to put in a Fires deck. So because, I could, yeah. but the thing is, yeah. I can see Inspired Ultimatum being a proactive card. Re- really, the only card that seems more reactive to me is Ruinous Ultimatum, which is probably the worst of the bunch for that reason. Yeah, and Ruinous Ultimatum is just the only home that it's seeing is in Fae of Wishes Fire sideboards to just be able to have a reset button. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't see the value in that. But the one thing I think you are overlooking, Brad, and maybe you're not. Uh, running into this problem because you're so damn lucky but genesis <laughs> ultimatum still has the collected company vibe to me like i've lost games because i'm like okay here's my big payoff and i hit four lands and one one other spell and it's just like oh shit i'm dead you know like i i needed something with that inspiring ultimatum you always know what you're gonna get and you can be proactive with the new narset where you can wrap this in on turn six um you know i mean i know that's not the same uh, example of being a, a proactive deck but there is ways to make it a little bit faster, and there are ways where Genesis Ultimatum bricks you. I, I have a hard time seeing any of these cards take over standard, though, when Mystical Dispute yeah. is a card that oh, people are playing. Or Aethergust, yeah, exactly. That That's what I've been screaming from the rooftops at every versus live. It's like, Mystical Disputes and Aethergust, every blue deck is going to play four of each, and then good luck casting these cards, good luck casting Mutate, which one thing we haven't really touched on is I think Mutate is coming up to be a, a huge bust. A huge bust. I'm not yeah. seeing any of those decks. Well, I I think mutate is more of a limited uh, ability. 
Yeah, I think and I mean, not all, not all mutate too. Like I, I'm talking the five pillars of the oh, big the five, uh, the apex five ones. Yeah, the 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 mythos. Yeah, because the the, 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 the Godzillas. The Godzillas, like I think those are all basically a bust, but like Dirge Bat, Octopus, I think those are insane. But you know, I don't think the huge mutate ones are are um, going to be very good in standard. I, at least. I could see Vadrock being good. I mean, it's just just That's because it's the the cheapest of the bunch but that's what i thought too but that card is pulling you in so many different directions that it's so awkward to build a deck with it because you need creatures to mutate onto them but now you need a lot of non-creatures to be able to bring back it just it really feels like it should be good but it just doesn't seem like it's very easy to make work to me so this this cycle to me this is just my like off the cuff statement like i I don't have strong opinions about these cards but what they look like to me is i don't know which one it'll be and when but a lot of them just look like the kind of cards that just have to wait for a rotation. And so they'll like go down in value, pick them up when they're like, when the eight set comes out, pick them up when they're like at their cheapest and mm-hmm. speculate. Like, you know, don't go speculate and buy 50 of each. I'm just saying buy your collections worth. Um, yeah. Like and, Vivian. Like Vivian. Yeah. And then once the rotation happens, a lot of these cards might see some more powerful because. They're sitting on top of some really fucked up cards right now, like like Nissa and Fires and some of these Flash archetypes. Um, you know the the control decks and what have you. Like all of these cards, all these archetypes are really busted in standard. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these cards, I feel like, are going to have a tough time breaking in, especially the ones that have to be built around. But yeah. like when I look at a card like Nethroi, Apex of Death, which is the Obzon two colors white, black, green, five, five, and when it mutates, you get to put in 10 power or less from your graveyard. Like, Pelucranos is a zero in that equation, and Mm -hmm. you can do some really messed up stuff with it, but the problem is, is like, Obzon is a joke when there's a format with Gross Spiral, Uro, Nissa, and um, Hydroid Crisis. Yeah, and I mean, the thing uh, is, you you can just be Golgari with that card, too, or, you know, black, white, probably not that viable, but, I mean, you could just be a Golgari deck um, so, I mean, these cards are versatile, but I, I agree with you. Like, they're being shut down right now, but have a high ceiling after rotation. Yeah, it's kind of absurd that this is a Baneslayer Angel and it's just not even a thing. But, yeah, yeah. I I, um, I want to point out one thing about what you said, though, Brad, is I, I'm not sure that that's going to be the case. Like, you're saying that um, once some of these messed up cards rotate out, maybe these will have a chance to play. But mm-hmm. it seems like the new uh, design philosophy is is to just boosting the power level of magic as a whole i'm not sure that we're going to see that power level dip that's going to allow there, these cards whoa, to see play. but i think Look. i think that the 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 three sets that that cycle of three sets were way more powerful than anything like like throne of eldraine um war of the spark and core set were all pretty busted relative to the rest of them even the next two sets that have come out mm-hmm. sure i um, yeah i just don't know that it, it, i wouldn't take it as a given that whatever comes out after Ikoria is going to be... Oh, I'm not taking it as a given. I'm saying, like, that's the best time to spec. Like, for me, if I wanted the... Like, because if one of these cards get busted, <clears throat> especially, I don't know how COVID's going to change anything. I don't know markets. And and so I'm just guessing. But, like, in a year, if one of these cards gets good, it probably is going to be very expensive. Mm, I'm not saying probably. this. I'm, I, don't, I don't have any... I'm not. I'm not sponsored by anyone to buy cards. Like, I'm not... I'm not saying to go out and buy cards. I'm just saying, like, I'm not going to invest in these cards unless they're guaranteed to I'm going to need them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will, if they're really cheap, I'm going to probably buy the ones that I really like because they, 
they do have some really cool builds. Like Brokos is really interesting to me. Or it's just yeah. all, every time you kill it, I just bring it back as long as I have a creature. Brokos yeah, but I mean, reminds like right me of now both. it's like Uro, right? Basically, isn't you know, isn't that kind of the same thing? Well, yeah. When you have cards in your graveyard, yes, but sometimes you don't. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, one card that I'm interested in after rotation is Vivian. That card is so powerful, but it just there's no way it's going to be played over Nissa right now. You know. Yeah, I'm I'm interested. So Luca. Coppercoat Outcast, which is the uh, other Planeswalker, the red one. Um, its secondary ability is exile a creature you control, then reveal cards on top of your library. I mm. I actually want to build a deck that only has four drop creatures or lower, and then just agents on the top end. And every time you exile a four, you just get an agent. Mm -hmm. We tried a deck with just like... Um, you make creatures with like Sahili stuff like that, and then you just negative into only Enray's Forerunner uh, and just oh, have a yeah, token based deck. That. that was nice. <laughs> even Teamer Adventures could just uh just run you know two agents and like Luca in that deck, and then anytime mm -hmm. you'd like cast a Brazen Borrower, exile it, get an agent on turn five. Well, or Beanstalk. <laughs> oh yeah, shoot! That's why I didn't make that deck as Beanstalk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I literally lived this yesterday. Yeah, well, so did I. Ross, Ross built this deck yesterday, and he played the Teamer Song deck on Versus Live, and he just played a couple Lucas just to wrap into Beanstalk. That seems so <laughs> medium. I'll sack, it was. I'll yeah. sack my five five to go get a four four. Year go or a five five. Year go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this card bu bugs me. Uh, just on a, on the level that it's kind of, it, it almost feels like it's a green card. Yes. But I mean, it's not always that, Brad. Like you could sack a token, and you could just get lucky and beanstalks on top. I agree. Right? I agree. Yeah, yeah. So, All right, well, and it's not just like that. Well, I think we could go on and on, but next week we'll yeah. we'll we'll have a way better idea of standard, and we'll have some tournament results. So we're going to go over those next week, but. I think we're yes. going to have to call it because you have a very important meeting coming up, Corey, that you have a to very to. important we date. Yes, I do. It, but it's exciting. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so we're going to have to cut this episode a little short so he can go talk about his big boy stuff. Big boy stuff. Yep. yep. I mean, it's actually I'm I'm applying it. Big boy. It's a popular chain. And uh, uh, yeah, I just <laughs> how do you mean a purple cow right now. Purple cow. Yeah, that was a that's a that's a beverage y'all in North Dakota, which you wouldn't believe. Oh. From the name of it. And I but. talked oh, about I it. Oh, I believe so, it. Yeah. I talked about it so much. And then finally, yeah. Amber got one. I'm like, do you like it? And she's like, is this just grape flavored milkshake? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, yeah, I do not like this. <laughs> <laughs> and I, well, Brad, in lieu of that news, I'm sorry that you no longer have a fiance. I hope she took the news well. <laughs> she liked the fries, though. All right. Yeah. But yeah. With every episode before we go, we do have. Um, some very special announcements, and that is our cast and crew. Now, if you want to support oh, yeah. the Bash Bros Podcast and what we do, you can do that at patreon.com slash Bash Bros Podcast, and one of our tiers allows you to become part of the cast and crew. Also, the other tier lets you go and hang out in our Discord, and y'all need to be responding more in there because we've got some very good content in there, but it's not coming from us. That's right. Our mm -hmm. cast and crew is gas, and they have posted a lot of awesome stuff in there. Yeah, they are some great people, so let's take it away. What do you say, boys? Let's do it. All right, so starting it off with today's cast and crew is EJ Wren. And let me tell you, EJ Wren has to do a very important job, and that is Corey's down player. He's got to yes. keep me down. Yes. Yeah. Got to mm -hmm. keep Corey grounded. Sometimes he gets a little too excited yep. for his own britches. Yep, yep. 
And then uh, our next one is Alex Arnoldi, who's Brian's up player. Um, no, he's, he's actually our data analyst. Um, we do get a lot of data. We collect it's it. It's mostly about ass claps. Yeah. <laughs> we get a lot Whoa, of that ass. was our pre-show content, Brad. Yeah. We don't give that away for free. Yeah, that, if, you that's... Also want, if you also want our pre-show ass clap content, you can subscribe for that also at our Patreon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. I would strongly <laughs> recommend against it. Um, especially for this episode. Uh, yeah, especially this one. But yeah, Alex, Alex analyzes all of our data. We don't do anything with the analysis, but No, no, yeah. no. We don't use it, but but we have it's it. It's there. If but we, we may. We yeah. may someday. We won't, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. All right. All right. Who's next, Brian? Uh Nobody, it looks like. Oh, oh no, yeah, no. no it, it, oh, it oh, yeah. Uh, it looks like the name is. Oh, of course, yes, yeah, yes. That's yeah. Right. Oh, great person. He, great he person. should not be named. Yeah, no. Um, it's 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 sad. So uh, we we used to have a wall staring photographer, but no longer we do. So yes, mm-hmm. um, I I uh, I figured out who it was, and they blipped. Yeah, gone forever. I finally figured it out, and now they're gone forever. Yeah, wow, Brad. Next episode, either or. I don't. Brad, know. You know Brad, what, Brad? Brad? Look at what words have gotten you, man. You finally said a word correctly, and now we get less money. So yeah, thanks, is, thanks, this Brad. Is negative reinforcement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm never learning words ever now. We we finally <laughs> we finally pronounced this person's name correctly, which uh, which it was Paul. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, we're not saying it again. But yeah, <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, no longer they blipped out of existence, and we're now also dealing with some interdimensional threats. But fortunately, yeah, a... we might actually need a new cast and crew member of an international. We no longer have to have pictures of Brian staring at walls. Yeah, you mean <laughs> yeah. we no longer get to have yeah. pictures of Brian staring <laughs> right. at walls? All right, next up, next up, we got Spoon Tongue, BBD's hairstylist. You can't stare at a wall if you got some raggedy ass hair. And I gotta so, say, Spoon Tongue, Brian's looking fresh to death today. Oh yeah, F, I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm what they say? F. F. Two D. Smell can't stand the smell, but looking <laughs> fresh to death. Smells I need to like talk death. to Spoon Tongue. Oh, I, haven't, I need to talk. <laughs> I haven't showered in forty three days, but I have <laughs> cut my even been that long. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get a hold of Spoon Tongue. My hair is getting wild. We need a hairstylist. All right, now on on you know this 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 plays well. David Watt, who is our special guest screener, mm. still David. We need to have a sit down. Yeah, really, really re- need to like reevaluate. Uh, your your direction you're going with with the podcast so uh mm-hmm. if you can schedule anything let us know in the in the discord we'll we'll have to figure that out Al- alex has been yeah. analyzing the data and it's it's all been pointing towards <laughs> one specific thing and yes. david's yeah. been capitalizing on it great work all around yeah. and and honestly david watt actually did a great job for our last week episode but that was pretty much the only good one <laughs> yeah <laughs> he nailed it last week on the special guest for yes sure. exactly all right our next member of the cast and crew is victor beauchamp he is our executive producer. whenever we're just we're bros hanging out we need some producing. yeah of course, got to keep us organized. Whenever, whenever yes. the two bros, Corey BMTG and FF Freak MTG, <laughs> hang out, they need some. Br- uh, all right, next up, I actually am going to give Corey the honors of pronouncing the name on this one. Oh wait, I'm going into a tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> all 
All right, it's Symbiol, our executive waste management operator. Uh, oh God! Every port, time you say position. Symbiol, I'm just I. I it, honestly, what happens in my head is I go, you know, like Kumbaya. I'm just like Symbiol. Oh yeah, I think the same thing. I, I do too. Really? Because fire rages into my brain because Brian's making fun of me constantly. Oh, I, I don't know what the experience rabid? you're getting. I am a rabid chicken on yes, this. Yes, yeah. rabid chicken, who is our VP of video operations. Now, I bet you didn't know this, but there is also video of each podcast. To find it, we're not telling you. Yeah, yeah, that's the highest tier, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't exist. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Our next member is Jier Majeldi, and this is the assistant to the assistant regional manager. Very and. Very important, but also just such a bad joke and such a bad show it's based around. So, uh, Brian, you're next. Also, we never, you know, we finally pronounced the other person who we, we won't say his name correctly, but uh, we, we've never gotten confirmation one way or another of the pronunciation of this one. Uh, Jer, I you, don't if know. You, if Jer our, sounds so good, though. That's yeah, I'm, I'm a, if you're in our Discord, can you please uh, let us know if we're pronouncing that? It's been You've been here a long time on our cast and crew, but you... You kind of stick to the wings, right? I'm assuming Jer- that it's wrong. I'm assuming that we're pronouncing it horrendously wrong. Oh, I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I have absolutely nailed it. And if it's not Majeldi, it should be because that's a sweet last That's name. a majestic name. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have Sultan Abbasi, our heavy editor. Uh, very. This is actually the most important actual role that we have because wow. our podcasts are so bad that we really need it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a lot of clapping at the beginning that we needed to have editing out for sure. Corey knows a lot about clapping and people who do it. Uh, Clappers. Pierre. (laughs) Pierre Vendebo is right now our psychiatrist. Psychologist. Oh, it's our psychologist. Yes. Don't don't undersell his accomplishments. Yes. But I'm thinking that we're going to need to give you a different role on here. We'll have to talk about it, Pierre. If you can let us know on the Discord, we got to figure it out. Uh, Psychologist is a a little too on the nose in certain climates. Mm. I mean, I need a psychologist right now. I'm kind of going crazy with staying indoor, exactly, but there's one. Yes. Sounds like you need a one, manager, Corey. Yeah. But there, God dang it, you ruined my segue, Brian. Got him. I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what? Whatever. That's time, ghoul. He's our manager. Brian ruined my beautiful transition I was going to do here. So I guess we'll have Time Ghoul uh, manage his paycheck down to an appropriate number. All right. Next up, we got Eric Nall. And I don't know if this is intentional to change his role or if this is we just get, a typo. Well, no, Eric asked for a promotion and we gave him a promotion. Okay. Oh, excellent. Awesome. He's, Eric, you earned it. He's, he's no longer a dumpster. He's now he's he's gone mobile on us. He's now <laughs> the dump the truck. Possible time to go. Yeah, mobile. that's yeah, right. Jesus. Well, he, stay safe out there, Eric. No, but he's, yeah. he's almost as mobile as my 5G network, which also is killing me, apparently. So <laughs> and it sounds like we got a new cast member. We, Bradley. Do, we do have a new cast member, and that is IPA for breakfast. And wouldn't it shock you to know that IPA for breakfast is in charge of catering. That's right. And, yeah. And honestly, he's just done such a good job. Wonderful I, job. I, wonderful, I feel wonderful so job. fed, so I, drank. I, I, I love oh, him. Dude, the fucking best cast member I've ever <laughs> seen, man. <laughs> All right. Well, Luna is over at the I'm, door trying to I'm, get in. Oh, I'm, the desi- I'm the designated driver here, and I hate my life. So. Yes. <laughs> well, Luna's trying to get in the door. Corey, you got a meeting. And Brian, I bet you have a raid. I don't, but... Oh, you don't? 
It can be arranged, probably, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it can be set up. <laughs> Brian, anyway, try playing some magic, dude. All right. Anyway, <laughs> Luna, stop it, please. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> that's going to do it for the Bash Bros <laughs> podcast, everybody. You can make sure to find us at patreon.com slash Bash Bros podcast if you want to support support the cast. And if not, we will see you next week at our normal time. And um, also, if you do want to support us, you can also see us at the same time next week, which will actually be on Thursday because we'll be recording at our normal time. Yeah, you did it well. Nice job. See y'all next week. Bye-bye. Bye.